Welcome to Barah Ministries and Intimate Local Christian Church for the Worldwide Impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. Thanks for listening to this Bible lesson. At Barah Ministries, we worship a triune Godhead. There's one God who expresses himself to mankind as three separate, distinct, co-equal, co-infinite, co-eternal persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father is the author of the triune Godhead's plan for all creatures. His motivation toward the human race is love. Imagine that, after the first man, Adam, rejected the plan of God for his life in favor of a satanic counterfeit, God the Father already had a plan to offer reconciliation to Adam at the Father's own expense. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this, God the Father demonstrates his own unconditional love toward all mankind, and that while we were yet sinners... While we were unrighteous, ungodly unbelievers, Christ was sent by God the Father to die a sacrificial death for us. Would you send your son to die for someone who wronged you? God the Son, the Lord, volunteered to execute God the Father's plan for mankind. The Lord described himself in many ways, and one of those ways was as a shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 11 says this, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. In John chapter 10, verse 18, the Lord continues, No one has taken my life away from me, but I lay down my life on my own initiative, voluntarily. I have the authority to lay my life down, and I have the authority to take my life up again. This commandment I received. From my father. What a tremendous demonstration of love by a God who voluntarily laid down his life for you. When he came to earth, taking on the form of man, he knew exactly what he came here to do. He came here to make a way for all of his creatures to be saved. God the Holy Spirit is our mentor and teacher, and he is the rudder of the Christian life. He is the power provider for the Christian way of living, and he has provided, he was provided by the Lord for that exact purpose. The Lord tells his disciples in John chapter 15, verse 26, when the helper comes, the helper, the Greek word paraclete, parakletos, someone who comes powerfully to the assistance of another, like a lawyer comes powerfully to your assistance in a legal matter. When the helper the paraclete, God the Holy Spirit comes, whom I, the Lord Jesus Christ, will send to you from God the Father. 
that is, God the Holy Spirit of truth, who proceeds from God the Father, he will testify about me. So how will we be able to know if a message we receive is from God the Holy Spirit? 1 John chapter 4, verses 2 and 3 tell us. It says, By this you know the Holy Spirit of God. For every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God the Father. 1 John 4, 3, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God the Father. The very fact that you can proclaim that Jesus Christ is God should give you great comfort that you are saved. Unbelievers could never do that because these thoughts are inspired and instilled by God the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we have a deep, intimate, and personal relationship with the entire Godhead through the study of the Word of God, the Bible. When we fill our souls with truth, God gives us the power to withstand any temptation. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus answered Satan and said, It is written, man shall not live on physical food alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, spiritual food. Welcome to a place where you can get pure spiritual food through learning the word of God. God has an enemy, Satan, whom God made the ruler of this world for a finite period of time. In John chapter 12, verse 31, the Lord says, Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world, Satan, will be cast out. He will be dethroned at a future time. Satan wants you to busy yourself with the things of his world system so you don't have time to learn what God has to say to you in his word. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9 encourages us to resist Satan by standing firm in your faith. Don't let Satan rob you of your spiritual life with distractions. Today's Bible lesson, where do you place your spiritual faith? Where do you place your spiritual faith? In today's lesson, we'll study the fourth part of the final passage of Paul's letter to Galatians chapter 5, and we'll reflect on the amazing lesson the Lord is teaching us about where our power comes from as Christians. When we learn to use the power in every single circumstance of life, we will be free in a way that is beyond anything we can imagine. Well, let's hear some music. A woman recently told me that she knows Jesus. I asked her to tell me one thing about Jesus, and the silence that followed was deafening. Unfortunately, that's the case with many Christians. We accept the Lord's salvation offer, but we don't bother to get to know the Lord as a person and to know that there are things that we can use to describe him as a person. Here's June Murphy to remind us that our Lord has nature in her song, The Essence of God. Love. 
down deep in the June Murphy archives, the essence of God, 10 things you should know about God. He's just, righteous, sovereign, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He is unconditional love. He is immutable. He is veracity. He always tells the absolute truth and eternal. He has no beginning or ending. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, uh, we, not just once a year, but every day, we're thankful for the many things you provide, the challenges, the hardships, the lessons, the discipline, all of which are designed to make us strong and to conform us to the image of your Son. Thank you for the power of God the Holy Spirit as the rudder for our lives. Thank you for the faith you have gifted us with so we can uh, choose to invest that faith in him. Thank you for showing us over and over again that when you and the members of the Godhead are at the center of our lives, great things happen. As we learn from the word of God today, show us what to be grateful for. Help us to reflect on our lives and to give all praise to you for navigating us through another year here on earth. We ask this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. Today's Bible lesson, where do you place your spiritual faith? Where do you place your spiritual faith? Well, quite often human authors give us some pretty wonderful food for thought. And one of my favorites comes from 19th century poet and philosopher Henry David Thoreau. And although he only lived to be 44 years old, he wanted to to live a simple life. And the words he penned are sobering when you really stop to think about them. He said, I went to the woods because I wanted to live deliberately, to live deep, and to suck all the marrow out of life, to put to rout all that was not life, so that when I came to die, I might not discover that I had not lived. I wonder where Thoreau placed his faith. Did he place his faith in nature and simplicity, or did he place his faith in the Lord? If you place your faith in nature, in the end, you may well discover that you have not lived. What can nature do for you when you're in hospice? When you investigate a person's life a couple questions deep, you can usually tell if there's any evidence of faith placed in the best place to invest faith, faith in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we sucked all the marrow out of Galatians chapter 5. The final passage of Galatians chapter 5 divides neatly into four parts. Verses 16 to 18, verses 19 to 21, verses 22 and 23, and verses 24 to 26. The last of those four parts, which we'll look at today, may seem like throwaway verses. Yet we've come to learn that every word in the Pauline epistles, every word in the Bible has a depth of meaning that brings calm to our lives. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 to 26 say this, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Galatians 5.25, if we believers in Christ live by the power of God the Holy Spirit, and of course we do, let us also walk by the power of God the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.26, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, or envying one another. Well, Thanksgiving is only a few days away, and we have a lot for which to be grateful. There's a person in our lives to whom we owe much gratitude, God the Holy Spirit. And it's a pleasure to study Galatians chapter 5 to help us realize his power in our lives. 
When we place our faith in him, it is never faith misspent. So where do you invest faith? Do you invest your faith in yourself, or do you invest your faith in God? When you think of faith, I think you should think of trust. Whom do you trust? When you want something for your life, do you trust yourself to get it? The old, if it's to be, it's up to me philosophy? Or do you trust God the Holy Spirit to give it to you when you're ready for it? I've known a lot of people in my life who were people who carried the Bible around with them all the time, and just about every single thing they did, they would consult the Bible or be talking about the Bible in relation to it. And I thought it was a little over the top. But the older I get, the more I realize that that's really what the essence of being a Christian is, that we're always consulting the source. One of the guys who used to do that was Aeneas Williams. He used to play... uh, defensive back for the Arizona Cardinals, and I think he's a pastor now. But he was very much that way, and uh, he set a great example for the men that he was around. The whole idea of walking by the power of the Spirit is one thing we can reflect on and be grateful for during this holiday season. Do you trust God the Holy Spirit for everything? Does God the Holy Spirit even come to mind daily as the person who is providing the power for your Christian way of living. No guilt intended, no condemnation intended. There's no condemnation for those who are in union with Christ. But what is intended is a reminder of a power that you have at your disposal that can help you do anything. What are some of the things to be grateful for this Thanksgiving? As Christians, we can be grateful that we are born again. John chapter 3, verse 3 says this, Jesus said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, the spiritual birth, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It is the power of God, the Holy Spirit, that allows us to be born again. In John chapter 3, verse 6, the Lord says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Spiritually dead humans come from humans. That which is born of God the Holy Spirit is spirit. Spiritually alive believers in Christ come from the power of God the Holy Spirit. We're grateful that at the moment of salvation, God the Holy Spirit turns our spiritual death into an entirely new creation through the baptism of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in union with Christ, and all believers in Christ are, there is a new creation. The old things passed away. They died. Behold, new things have come. God didn't just renovate the old self, putting a couple spruces on here and there. He threw that old self out and created a whole new being. We walk by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, who made us a new creation that is equipped to go straight to heaven when we close our eyes in this life. We invest our faith in him, and we enjoy all the things that he does for us. God, the Holy Spirit's power, gives us the freedom to enjoy our lives even though we are not perfect. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says this, Where God, the Holy Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. During our Christian walk, God, the Holy Spirit, wants us to trust him for everything, and he eagerly waits for us to let him do whatever we need. Do you enjoy your spiritual life? 
or are you bogged down, hopelessly thinking that you can keep a set of rules, rituals, and religious practices to make yourself more spiritual? This Thanksgiving, how about if we believers in Christ acknowledge that without the enabling power of God the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be able to do a single thing? Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 says this, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Well, what does this mean regarding faith? Paul's whole message to the Galatian believers can be summed up with Philippians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision, false teachers, and their false teaching. For we believers in Christ are the true circumcision, the spiritual circumcision, not the physical circumcision who worship in the power of the Holy Spirit of God and who glory in union with Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. We give the flesh a big no-confidence vote. As believers in Christ, our faith is not in ourselves. Our desire is not to produce the rotten fruit of the flesh. We desire to benefit from the power of God the Holy Spirit in us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 says this, If we believe in Christ, live by the power of God the Holy Spirit, and of course we do, let us also walk by the power of God the Holy Spirit. When we walk by the Spirit, we are acknowledging that it is impossible to please God without the Spirit's power that the Lord provides to us. We place our faith in Him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God the Father. For he who comes to God the Father must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you're thinking about something that you want to reflect on on Thanksgiving Day, Hebrews chapter 11 is a great chapter to reflect on where you see men and women of faith and how they got their power, and what they put their confidence in, what they invested their faith in. They derived their power from God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 26. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, and envying one another. That's a great admonition for the next month when we get together with family members for Thanksgiving and Christmas, because that tends to be a time where family members peck and pick at each other as opposed to enjoying each other. So at the moment of salvation, God gave us his character and his nature. Well, what exactly do we have inside of us that is worth boasting about? Everything we have comes from God's power. Now, we have much to be thankful for. When we return from the break, we'll take the offering, and then we'll reflect on our learning in Galatians chapter 5. Take a five-minute break. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, will all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. 
Welcome back. Today's Bible lesson, where do you place your spiritual faith? Where do you place your spiritual faith? Well, when God blesses us financially, he wants us to raise our standard of giving, not our standard of living. Remember, God is the one who seeks and saves the lost. The lost don't seek him. Romans chapter 3 verse 11 says this, there is no creature who understands God or any divine thing. There's no creature who seeks a relationship with God. In Luke chapter 15, verse 4, 
Jesus says, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, doesn't leave the ninety-nine sheep in the open pasture and go after the one sheep which is lost until he finds it? The Lord Jesus Christ is the shepherd. As his creatures, we are sheep. What does the shepherd do for the sheep who are not seeking a relationship with him? He goes after them. He gives of himself to save them. Your generosity creates the opportunity for Broad Ministries to provide the gift of the gospel message to the unbelievers God brings to this ministry, sheep all over the world. Give as the Lord would so that we can continue to do his work. Let's welcome up Deacon Denny Goodall with one of his always inspiring offering messages. Check one, two, one, two, five, four. Make it sound good. Here, I'm going to turn it off now. Check one, check. No, it's still. Check one, check one, check one, one, two, one, two, one, check one, two. Mic check. Good morning. Let's try that. Now, can you hear me on your phone? All right. Good morning. My name is Denny Goodall, and I'm blessed to be a deacon for Barah Ministries. I'm blessed because we know where to put our place our trust. We know that we're in God's hands. We see in John chapter 10, verse 28, And I, the Lord Jesus Christ, give eternal life to believers in Christ, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And I was thinking about it. He does more than just hold us in his hand, though. He protects us, he provides for us, and he perfects us while we're in his hand. You can see it like a house. You know, your house, it protects you. It also provides you a place to be safe, and it allows you to perfect yourself and get better in that house. And you think about a parent. Parents pr- protect us. They provide for us, and they also perfect us. They help us, get to, um, they help us learn people skills, how to talk to people and not clam up in front of them. And they do all these things. And think about it, as a, as a kid, when, when I went to the airport the first time to go to California, I didn't have a care in the world. I knew it was in my parents' hands. I was fine. So you think about it, for, for the Lord, if it's in the Lord's hands, what, what reason is there to worry? Sorry, I just choked up for, for Mike. Because he will never perish. And we'll see him again. So I was thinking the church is another place that protects you, provides for you, and it also perfects you. 
because that's what our pastor does. He protects us by giving us the truth, and he provides for us by working his ass off. Excuse me. <laughs> and then he also perfects us by giving us the new man to live in and not the old man. And by placing ourselves in his hands, in Christ's hands, we're safe. And so that's where you should place your money. You should place it in the church's hand and place it in Christ's hand because it's the best place it could possibly be. And that's, that's what Barah Ministries is. Sorry. It wasn't emotional <laughs> until now. <laughs> but so thank you all for giving. Thank you for all for protecting and providing and, and for helping perfect others by giving them the gospel. Thank you very much. back today's Bible lesson. Where do you place your spiritual faith? Where do you place your spiritual faith? Nothing wrong with being choked up. Deacon Denny, the people that you love are lucky to be loved by you. And it is emotional. And I had a lot of wet pillows this week when I was thinking about Mike. And, you know, I have those same experiences when I'm preparing lessons that you just shake your head and think about how amazing God is and how much he loves us. And it just is mind-boggling. So the vine analogy is a fitting way to wind down our study of Galatians chapter 5. John chapter 15 verses 1 to 5 say this, If I, the Lord Jesus Christ, am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, he's the owner of the vineyard, John 15, 2. Every branch in union with me that does not bear fruit, God the Father takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, God the Father prunes it so that it can bear more fruit. John 15, 3. You believers in Christ are already clean because of the word, the gospel message, which I have spoken to you. John chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. For just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. 
Here's the payoff verse, John 15, 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. And God the Holy Spirit provides the sap that feeds the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The fruit of the Spirit is provided by God the Holy Spirit. We do nothing for it. Sobering words. Apart from me, you can do nothing. For salvation, that's Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus Christ, you can do nothing. For sanctification, after you become a believer in Christ, that's God the Holy Spirit. Where do you place your spiritual faith? Where do you get your power? The false teachers who attacked the Galatian believers wanted to convince them that their power came from self, from rules, from rituals, from religious practices. Let's make it a point to remember these simple words at Thanksgiving. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what God says to us. That's what he wants for his believers. To get clear in their head, apart from me, you can do nothing. For believers in Christ, apart from the Spirit's power, we can do nothing. What have we learned then from Galatians chapter 5? Well, let's start at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep on standing firm in the freedom and don't be subject again to the yoke of slavery. We've learned that God wants us to enjoy our Christianity. He did not come to the earth to die for us so that we can be slaves. He came to set us free. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says this, Christ redeemed us. He purchased us from the slave market. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the Mosaic law. What is the curse of the Mosaic law? Law condemns us. Having become a curse for us, he was our substitute, our sin substitute. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Cursed is everyone who is crucified. That was a a punishment reserved for the worst criminals. And the Lord Jesus Christ did not deserve that punishment. False teachers want to enslave us to their nonsense. Galatians chapter 5 verse 5 says this, We believers in Christ, through God the Holy Spirit by faith, are waiting for the hope, the absolute confidence of our imputed righteousness. We have a future that would stagger the imagination. We have it coming. We are going to glory. And that glory is going to be so amazing that we won't be able to speak. We've learned to place our faith in God the Holy Spirit and to surface His being as a vital part of our Christian experience and to have no confidence in the rotten fruit of the flesh and its dead ramblings. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says this, You were called to freedom, brethren, Believers in Christ, you were called to freedom. Only don't turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Instead, through unconditional love, serve one another. We are reminded that being free doesn't mean we act like teenagers, abusing our freedom because we have it. Instead, we use it to do the good that God calls us to do in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says this, We believers in Christ are God the Father's workmanship, created to be in union with Christ Jesus and designed for good works. Which good works God the Father prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Isn't that amazing? 
He prepared stuff for us to do before we even got here. We are reminded. We learned the importance of unconditional love in the Christian life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 15 says this, But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. We don't turn Christianity into a perversion, legalism, so we can feel superior to others. Instead, we use our Christianity to empower others to develop a relationship with the Lord. We learned about the battle we have going on inside. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. I, Paul, say to you Galatian believers in Christ, and really to all believers in Christ, walk by the power of God the Holy Spirit, and you will not no way, not know how, carry out the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5.17, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit sets its desire against the flesh, for these two are in opposition to one another, so that you believers in Christ may not do the things that you please. Knowing this, we see the wisdom of investing our faith with the one who wins every battle with the flesh. God the Holy Spirit. So rather than producing the rotten fruit of the flesh by listening to it and giving in to its lusts, we learn about uh, the, we learned in Galatians chapter five verses 19 to 21. Here are these uh, here's the rotten fruit of the flesh. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity and sensuality. Galatians 5:20 idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, and factions, Galatians 5.21, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Instead, we are called to use God the Holy Spirit's power letting him show the world his fruit through us. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 say this, The fruit of God the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace in yourselves, patience, kindness, goodness toward others, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your relationship with God. Against these virtues there is no law. So what is Paul warning the Galatians about? What is Paul warning you about? Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Don't listen to liars. Don't listen to the flesh. Don't place your faith in them. Place your faith in your power source, God the Holy Spirit. What we are grateful for, more than anything else this Thanksgiving, is for the forgotten role, but the vitally important role, of God the Holy Spirit. Let's enjoy His power in our lives. Well, the closing moments of our lesson today could be the 10 most important minutes of your life. 
Let's remember that we are indwelled by God the Holy Spirit, and he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. Happy Thanksgiving. What we want you to know in this next 10 minutes is that God wants you. And what he wants is for you to make the most important decision of your life. And you can make that decision right this minute. There is a person at the center of Christianity, Jesus Christ. He is the most important being in the universe. He is the sovereign God. He is the preeminent God. He is the one and only God. He created you. He loves you unconditionally. And he wants a relationship with you. And that's good news for you. The bad news is that you were born with a problem. From the moment of your physical birth, God considered you a sinner. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says this, It is written, There is no creature who is righteous, not even one. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, All creatures have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. These verses are a formal accusation about you. They're an indictment from a just God concerning you. Now, it's not your fault that you were a sinner from physical birth, but it is your circumstance. Unfortunately, being a sinner has a penalty. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says this, For the payment earned for being a sinner is both spiritual death and physical death. As a sinner, you commit personal sins. God requires perfection for you to get into heaven. Those who don't sin, those who sin don't meet God's perfect standards. Trying to make up for your sins by being a good person or by trying to work your way into heaven with imperfect deeds doesn't impress God at all. The gospel message is the good news concerning what the Lord did to fix the bad news for sinners. Jesus Christ paid the price with his blood on a cross so that sinners can be saved. Responding to his gospel message is the chance to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's what the Lord said to a self-righteous Pharisee, Nicodemus, in John chapter 3, verse 3. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, Nicodemus, Unless you are born again, the spiritual birth, you cannot see the kingdom of God the Father in heaven. Fortunately for you, God the Father wants you in heaven. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, God the Father demonstrates his own unconditional love toward all mankind. And that while we were yet sinners, while we were unrighteous, ungodly unbelievers, Christ died a sacrificial death for us. Who is this God who saves you? The Apostle Paul describes the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. I, Paul, delivered to you as of primary importance the gospel message I also received from God, that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the Old Testament scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the Old Testament scriptures. Absolute righteousness is the admission ticket to heaven. It is the key to eternal life, the resurrection life. And it is yours, free of charge, right now, right where you sit, if you want it. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 11 say this, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, if you admit that he is God, 
And if you believe in your heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.10 For with the heart a person believes, resulting in the imputation of absolute righteousness, which is your admission ticket to heaven. And with the mouth a person confesses, choosing faith in Christ alone, resulting in salvation. Romans 10.11 For the scripture says, Whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ will not be disappointed. So accept the invitation and heed the warning of John chapter 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has the resurrection life right at that moment. But he who does not obey the command to believe in the Son will not see the resurrection life. Instead, the wrath of God, the lake of fire, abides on him. There is a hell, a very real place, And it is described this way in the Bible. Matthew chapter 13, verses 41 to 43. The Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, will send forth his elect angels. And they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks. Those are unbelievers. And those who commit lawlessness, those are unbelievers. Matthew 13, 42. And the elect angels will throw unbelievers into the furnace of fire, the lake of fire. And in that place... There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, why didn't I believe? Matthew 13, 43. Then the righteous, believers in Christ, will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. For those without a relationship with Christ, he'll just ask them to step to the left and take the elevator. Just press down. Getting to heaven is easy. Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved by God, you and everyone in your household who also believes. Sinners need a Savior. That Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in Him and you will be saved. Let's close with music. The enabling power of God the Holy Spirit is the Christian's life force. We listen to his voice because he is leading us into all the truth and he is conforming us to the image of God the Son. Here's Casting Crowns to remind us of the power of the third member of the Trinity and their song, Voice of Truth. this boat of men under the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand but the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me reminding me of all the times I tried before and failed ways they keep on telling me time and time again boy you never win you never win but the voice of truth tells me a different story the voice of truth 
Let's close with some words of praise for our Almighty God. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Jesus and he will make your path straight. For the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He'll be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you, so do not fear or be dismayed. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice and blessed are those who wait for him. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he might promote you at the proper time, slamming all your cares on his back, because he cares for you. And we know that he cares for you is a Greek idiom, and it means the Lord considers your problems to be his responsibility. Let us pray. 
Almighty God and Father, we give thanks that we can relax because of what you do for us. And we know that relaxing doesn't mean that we do nothing. It means that we step up to every divine appointment you give us so that we can spread your gospel message and your word to everyone we meet, one person at a time. We do this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. So we'll have the discussion about the lesson and prayer circle immediately following this lesson. If you have any biblical questions, ask the pastor, pastor at barahministries.com. Keep on studying the Word of God. Thanks for coming, thanks for watching, and thanks for listening.